Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Excited to bring you a new friend of mine, Dave Hollis. And I really appreciate lots of things about Dave. So one of the things right up front, if you're not aware of Rachel and Dave Hollis, you should be, but they work together, which I love. It's not that often that you find the husband-wife combo. Obviously, y'all know that AJ and I have built our whole life together as business partners first and then fell in love and got married and now we are here. But Dave has been working with Rachel just for over a couple of years. He technically now, I think, is the COO of the Hollis Co., which I believe is the current role that he's playing officially. But he was formerly the president of Worldwide Theatrical Distribution at the Walt Disney Company and 17 years working for one of the biggest brands, releasing some of the biggest movies in history, win after win, very much in the corporate environment. He decided that there were some things that were, I guess, incongruent with his life and who he wanted to be. And so he published a book about it that just came out recently called Get Out of Your Own Way. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But also, I wanted to bring Dave on because he's got a unique perspective, both of building one of the, you know, being a part of building one of the largest personal brands in the world in Rachel Hollis's wife, building several of the biggest brands, period, in entertainment through Disney, and then also now building his own personal brand officially in, I guess, what you would consider personal branding. And so just really fascinating. And he pulls no punches in his book. He's totally transparent, which I love. And uh, anyways, Dave, Thanks for making some time for us, man. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So you went from being somebody (laughs) who told your wife you should not publish Girl, Wash Your Face because of how vulnerable and transparent it was about your own life all the way to now releasing your own book sharing some very, very open and honest feelings that from a person of your, you know, I guess, cachet or caliber or reputation, it was really interesting to hear about some of your feelings around alcohol and how you were being showing up in a husband. And so I just, I wanted to talk about that move because that was a dramatic swing on the pendulum for you and why and how and, and when. <laughs> yeah. So share that philosophy about vulnerability. 
Well, what's interesting is my take on vulnerability was framed in some ways by that first time that I was handed her now biggest book of her series of she's written out, I think, 10 books, but that the biggest book is Girl, Wash Your Face. And it was her first step into nonfiction storytelling and was for her a thing that frankly departed from everything I thought we were here to build, which was mm. curating a bit of the optics of things being great in our life. Thank you very much for asking. And her vulnerability in real time as I was reading these pages felt like it was uh, a liability to some of what we were trying to create, to, to the, the way we were trying to keep people happy, to the things that I, even in my corporate job where, yep, as head of sales, I did a whole host of things. Among them, I spun stories to the press. When movies did not work, my job was to convince the press that they worked exactly as we were hoping. Thank you for asking. And I was pretty good at, at, at that job. And yet, here, my wife had written something that was super, super transparent and honest about the experience of her experience. And yeah, when I first read it, I actively got into debate mode and tried to convince her with every bit of my being that, hey, this is a bad idea. We don't want to actually undo the work that we've done here. We've man managed and manufactured some of the nicest looking optics as it pertains to what Facebook or Instagram might believe of our lives. Why would you throw this away, lady? And she had a handle, right? She had a handle from a decade plus worth of time and being inside of this community of what the audience that she'd been in community with needed. And so she, to her credit, did not listen to my worry of what it might mean to be that vulnerable. She published the book and then I got witness to the thousands of letters, the emails, the DMs of people who because of their ability to see themselves in her story, one felt less alone. There was something that in like empathy was creating some kind of connectedness in the experience of struggle that is of course a universal thing in this world. But two, because she was representing a little bit of how she was able to work through the things that were keeping her stuck, she was now affording people who saw themselves in her story this opportunity to get themselves unstuck as well. It changed the way I thought about vulnerability. It made me realize that it's not a liability, it's a superpower. And that for those who can wield that superpower, they afford themselves this ability to connect to their audience and in that connection potentially give them tools to help them make progress in their life. And so was I then taking everything that I took from this experience of watching what it meant for her to do what she did, I decide, hey, is there maybe the chance that I can, as someone who has just processed this very strange experience going from 30 to 40, where I believe the clinical term is a midlife crisis. I don't know if it's a technical <laughs> term, but right, like I went through this thing where I'm asking these existential questions of why the heck I'm on this planet and not right. necessarily having to use every gift I'd been afforded. I felt stuck and in a funk. And I did some work to transition from having had a great life into having a life where I did not show up for myself, my family, or my partner. And ultimately, like kind of came out the other side. I wondered, hey, could I tell the story of going into that abyss in a way that maybe would afford people the chance to see themselves in some of my experience, the experience of my struggle, and how in identifying some of the tools that I use to try and get out of my own way, maybe afford them that same chance. And guess what? Just because I'd saw that it, I'd seen that it worked so well with my wife, it on paper was easy. Yeah, just tell everyone all of the stories because that's the thing that works so well for her. And then you sit in front of the computer and start typing those stories. And it's actually a lot harder to be as honest as the audience may need you to be 
and yet part of I think why the the book connects or the, the work that we do on an everyday basis is is something that is breaking through. It's because it's running so countercultural to so much of the curating that's taking place inside of these Facebook, Instagram kind of worlds that most people have created that says everything's great. Trust me, believe me, it's fantastic. No, like things, yes, are great, but also hard. Yes, there's triumph, but there's also, of course, struggle. And when I was able to, and even now, as I'm able to really identify and own my struggle, it creates a connection to the humanity that exists in every single person that I'm in community with in a way that makes this thing worth it, but also affords them some breakthroughs as they're able to see themselves in my story. Yeah. You know, I was listening to you chat with Lewis Howes about how you came in as CEO of Holosco when you started because you wanted the title and then you switched to COO because you felt that was actually more reflective of what you were doing. And even kind of like that ongoing, there's an ongoing struggle of insecurity. I don't know. It's weird for me, like in Get Out of Your Own Way, early on, you talk about feeling a little bit disconnected, I guess, from family life of this, like knowing you're not showing up. I think people relate with it. And I relate with it as a man, because it's like work is so simple. It's a game where you can conquer and you can win and you know the score and you can achieve. And home is like so much more complex of like, am I showing up? Am I bringing my best energy? You don't get awards. You don't get any of that stuff. How did you flip that switch to where you go, hey, I know I'm, I'm here every day. It's not like you're out cheating on your wife or anything. It's just like not fully engaged. When you go to work, it's like you're just crushing it. And then how did you flip that switch to be like, no, at home, I'm going to be the guy at home that crushes it and brings the best? Yeah, well, I went on this journey to try and understand where I felt pain during the time when I felt kind of the most in the pit, as it were. Where was pain present and were there any variables that were consistently present in that pain? Because if I could identify things that were routinely a part of my experience of struggle, then maybe I could preempt it just a bit by identifying it and now being on the lookout for it so that before it took hold, I could reorient it, do something that might change it. And the one thing in the last, I don't know, three to five years that I can say without fail always existed when I was experiencing pain, it was times when there was this dissonance between who I told people I wanted to be or who I believed myself capable of being mm -hmm. when I really thought about the kind of tools that I'd been given or the gifts that I had, like the things that I'd write down as my personal values, like what that person would show up as and who I knew myself to be when I was by myself, right? And so there was this incongruency that would exist between who I knew I could be, who I'd made a commitment to be, who my kids deserve me to be, who I'd hoped to be, and who I knew myself to be. And in that space was shame, was unfulfilled potential, was feeling like I could have done more but didn't. And so the thing that I've tried to train my focus on is, all right, well, how do I close that gap? Like, what could I actively do on an everyday basis that would actually engineer me showing up in a way that creates integrity between who I've suggested that I want to be or who I believe that I'm on this planet to be and who I actually show up as on an every single day basis. The gap closing became this list of habits and routines. The gap closing became a list of, for me, if-then statements. And so as it pertained to my home life, the if-then statements, this like calculus that my very practical brain could consider was if I want to be close to my kids, 
then I need to spend individual time with each of them. Then I need to put down technology. Then I need to, right? And I could make a list of things that I would then need to do if I wanted to make the original statement close to my kids a reality. If I, if I want to have an exceptional relationship with my wife that's better tomorrow than it is today, then I better have a regular date night scheduled. Then I need to commit to intimacy, not just what happens in the bedroom, but having conversation where there's trust and honesty, being in conversation, putting down technology, right? If, and I can, and I can do an if-then statement for every single part of my life that, again, has an intention of creating integrity for congruency around having the thing that I believe myself capable of on my best day and how I show up at the end of the day when I'm putting my head on the pillow, those two things coming together is the mission. And the closer I can get to it, man, the less pain I feel, the better I feel about having lived into why I'm on this darn planet in the first place. That's so cool. I've never really heard that explained like that with the if-then logic, which is super powerful because that is what's going on subconsciously is like there's this disconnect and you go, crap, I know I'm not being that person. And I, but, you know, I think there's also embarrassment like is going, how long has this been going on? So I want to tailor this a little bit using that framework towards personal branding. Okay. So it's been so cool to see what seems fast on the surface. It feels like Holoscope that you guys have grown really fast. Obviously, Rachel's been there for 15 years. You've been there the last couple of years. But for you personally, your book is coming out. So if you say, if I want to build a personal brand, then I have to what? How would you, using that kind of syntax that you just gave us, and I know vulnerability is a part of it because that is represented in, in how you wrote and what came out in terms, of the, in terms of your book, Get Out of Your Own Way. But like, what else would you say? Because you guys are doing such a great job. You're activating such a big community. And if the person listening says, if I want to build a great personal brand or if I want to build a great following, then I have to what? What would you put in there? Well, I would start by identifying the elevator pitch that you would give to that vision of that brand. So like if you were on the elevator with me and you wanted to pitch why I have to consider you as the only qualified candidate for the personal brand that you aspire for, what's the language that you use in 60 seconds of an elevator ride to describe your personal brand? So first you have to be able to say it, okay? Sure. Once, you, right, once you've said it, you've got your elevator pitch out, now you have to identify the every single day, I call them operating principles, but you have to identify your operating principles. What would you have to do every single day consistently to make that elevator pitch come to life? Because whether you think about it on a conscious basis or not, there are secret shoppers in your life every day observing mm. Every single thing that you do. I had this opportunity when I was at Disney years and years ago to sit in a meeting with Steve Jobs. And it was one of the coolest and most formative experiences when it comes to personal brand or any kind of brand because he very simply stated, hey, every time anyone interacts with you, interacts with your brand, they have one of two experiences. They either have a brand deposit or a brand withdrawal. As in, they either come away thinking better about you as a person or you as a brand, or they think worse. It is binary. It's one or the other. It's either better or worse. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so your ability every single time that you have an interaction to reinforce the personal brand that you are interested in having people believe about you comes back to whether you have a clear handle on your pitch and a clear handle on the operating principles. What are the things that you have to do every single day in the same way to reinforce that personal brand so that when someone in your life, someone online, someone that you have a relationship with, someone that you're leading, every single time walks away having an experience that is a deposit toward the brand that you're looking to have. You can't get there if you don't know where you're headed. You can't get there if if you know where you're headed, but you don't know what it takes to get there. And you can't get there without the consistency of absolutely every single day reinforcing that brand in a way that delivers positive experiences. And do you think that you and Rachel do the same things every day? Do you think you do them differently in terms of building your personal brand? Or at this point, do you just see it as it's really one brand? It's just all about the Hollis company. Oh, I, we are building separate things. Okay. And the thing, and, and I will say this, that if there is a thing in these two years of me jumping out of a corporate environment into an entrepreneurial one, jumping out of a suit into a V-neck, jumping out of, right, all of the things that I knew for all of the things I huge, need. Huge changes, huge changes. Right? So many things that have challenged my identity and a whole host of other big constructs that I am unpacking. I'm still unpacking, but man, I was deep in the unpacking of it all two years ago in a way that I'm in the shallower end of unpacking today. But if there was a thing that has gradually changed, I was jumping into her world and assuming a lot of things that were me trying to be kind of like her in a Mm. way that over time has given way to me complimenting her by being me. That's just something that, again, I think is just coming more with time. And so my voice, my opinions, my perspectives, the resources that I use, the circle I surround myself with, as much as I do think that in whole, they absolutely bring together this tapestry of what the Hollis Company stands for. Being distinct and different from my wife is something that is important, not just because of, man, I am more practical and pragmatic than she is a dreamer visionary. I am more extrinsically motivated than she is intrinsically motivated. I am more skeptic than she is a believer, right? Like there are things about my innateness, my being that will actually connect with people who relate to the way that I'm wired. But also I want to wake up in the morning excited about me being me and not me being a version of her. And so that again, just like on this continuum that is the journey of figuring out what this personal brand is, I'm still figuring that out. I mean, we're having this conversation in quarantine. If you saw a picture of me just three months ago, right? Like before I started cutting my own hair and growing out a beard, right? I am slowly developing an avatar in real time that is in part a personal brand that makes me feel the kind of strength that's necessary to thrive inside of the upside down that we're living inside of. But this brand that I am even currently living into is different than who I was three months ago, which gives me, I mean, like in one part, man, a lot of confidence in my ability to become somewhat of a chameleon when the times call for it, but also gets me excited for what the next three months might have in store because I've come to appreciate that brand and personal brand is somewhat of a fluid thing in a way that I originally thought had to be a little more constant and static. Yeah. And I think of one of the things we tell people 
at Brand Builders a lot is that you're typically most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. You being the skeptic, I think in Get Out of Your Own Way in the book, you even talk about your skeptical kind of approach to personal development early on and kind of a resistance to go into these meetings and like what's happening at these conferences. I think it's powerful for someone to be able to come and read like that honest approach. And, you know, I'm fascinated to see how your personal brand evolves. Plus, you guys have so much stuff going on, just like, I mean, four kids, I mean, not the least of which is four kids, all that kind of stuff. So, there's one last little question I want to ask you. Before I do that, though, Dave, where do you want people to go if they want to connect with you? You know, if they want to learn about, obviously, we'll put links to Amazon and stuff for, for get out of your own way. But where's the best place for people to go to connect with you? We hang out online. Uh, so Mr. Dave Hollis is my handle on Instagram and Dave Hollis on, on Facebook. But thehollisco.com is where all the things that we as a company are doing. Our company exists to put tools in people's hands that if they were to use them, would afford them an opportunity to take better control of their life. And whether it's live events, digital events, coaching, journals, there's a whole whole host of things. I encourage you to jump in and check it out. We've got in real time a free community activation called Next 90 Days, where we're just as a community making it through this darn quarantine together. Information for that, 100% free, exists uh, on the site. So check that out too. Love it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll link up all of that, the Hollis Co., your profiles, Next 90 Days. So the last little question I want to ask you is a, is a branding question. You've got this unique intersection. That's another thing we tell people is that your uniqueness lives at the intersection of who you once were and who you're called to be. You have this uniqueness of both building your own personal brand now and walking next to Rachel, but also have worked in these blockbuster major like hit movies. What do you think personal brands have to learn from what you did at Disney? Because in so many ways, what you're doing, I can see how it's totally different, right? Like you were corporate, wearing the suit, now you're entrepreneur, like you used to go to the office and now it's like you do podcasts from the house. You know, used to not really be into self-development at all. And now it's like your whole world, you're the one putting on the events with thousands of people. But I have to think that there are some overlaps between what worked for you at Disney and your team. And the, I mean, you guys had back-to-back huge movies that you just were breaking records. What do you think personal brands have to learn from that, from someone like you sitting at the intersection of the biggest of both worlds? I mean, number one, I happen to work at, yes, the like storied collection of greatest storytellers in the history of time between Marvel, Pixar, Lucas, Disney, Disney Animation. If there was a thing that there was a through line there with, quality, and value were 100% the thing. And so I would just start with value delivery has been something that we absolutely try to embody on an every single day basis, whether it's a Gary Vee style, like jab, 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 right hook, or just the idea of like consistently affording people regular high doses of value that meets them with what they need in terms of content on a very regular basis before you ask them to transact, before you ask them to buy something, just giving a ton of value, I would say, is number one. The brands that I was so fortunate to work on, as much as they stood for so many things, among the things that they stood for was what you knew you would not get. So if you saw mm. the name Disney, if you saw the name Marvel, if you saw that, right, you knew when you saw Disney on the marquee that you would not get something that would be offensive, that you could bring your grandma to, right? And so... When it comes to personal branding, as much as I think we focus a lot on what people will get, sometimes it's important to also think about what 
they will not get. By deciding that, by the way, you're deciding that you cannot be all things to all people, which is the thing you actually have to decide because you are not free ice cream, you will not make everybody happy. And in deciding to not be all things to all people, you inevitably have to be somewhat polarizing because someone may decide that they are actually interested in a thing that you are not. But by declaring what you are, but also what you are not, you are going to actually have your people come to your brand. And what you want to do is serve your people and not worry about serving the people that aren't yours. There's so many times as we are in the pursuit of building a brand that we can be distracted, right? Nine people out of 10 can be overwhelmed with the value that we are providing, but because one person is about how offended or not value delivered they feel, we can distract ourselves and try and understand course correct what was wrong. No, no, no. The price of entry for building a great brand is having people be critical of that great brand. And that's an okay thing. Mm. If you are clear about what you stand for and what you don't stand for, the people who decide that they want to criticize you for what you don't stand for, they deserve a voice, but not one that you pay attention to. Keep on trucking. There are nine people who are getting great value. Quit wasting your time spending the time on the one who's making the loud noise. I love that. The price of entry of building a great brand is having people be critical of that brand. Folks, there you have it. Some words of wisdom from Dave Hollis. Check out the book. I'm telling you, like it's, it's not a book about personal branding per se, but it's definitely a book about reputation and insecurity and vulnerability and embracing who you are and embracing your strengths and your weaknesses. The book's called Get Out of Your Own Way. Dave, man, thanks for making some time here. And we wish the best for your personal brand, for Rachel's, for everything y'all are doing. You guys are inspiring a ton of people. So God bless you. Keep it up. Thanks, Roy. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 